Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are live with a very new podcast episode of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast. Why are you leaving me like that? A very for, new? It's very new. <laughs> it's a completely new for uh, May 21st, a Wednesday, 2014, alongside my very finely combed over Ian Ferguson. I am Pat Country. How are we doing, Ian? It's not even completed. The podcast is in gestation. And that, that's how new it is. <laughs> I mean, we're only, what, 30 seconds deep? I'm fine. Things are fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> They're not fine, though. No, I mean, you know, but you bullshit and you put on a facade for, 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 for radio, um, and, and and these sorts of things. Uh, I love the word facade, by the way. You always picture the the old westerns where they built the front of the buildings. That's a facade. Yeah, yeah, that's no, where that's... it comes from, basically. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, life has been life. Uh, work has been work. I picked up some new Game Boy games. That was fun. Uh, and Bonnie and I actually had a date night on Sunday, which was nice. We don't get to do that nearly as often as we'd like. We oh, both work nice. long hours. So we went and had sushi, and we went and saw Godzilla, and uh, that was that's, awesome. Well, that's apropos, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't even really think about it that way until <laughs> after the fact. I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. So you haven't seen Godzilla, have you? No. Okay. We're on, we're on a nice streak of one person seeing a really big movie, the other person not. <laughs> we're going to co- continue that all through the summer on the CEO podcast. Yeah, we'll probably meet up at uh, at some point somewhere. Um, and then I'll, I'll I'll try to keep it fairly brief since you didn't see it. But I would like to talk about Godzilla a little bit. Uh, one, because I'm a big Godzilla fan, and uh, it didn't suck. Um, that's that's a good. Yeah, it didn't suck at all. It was actually very good. Um, when they announced it. And they were doing some of the, the, the you know, the very, very early uh, promo stuff at Comic-Con. I was not interested. Um, I mean, the bad taste from Godzilla 98, I think, what it was has been lingering in a lot of people's mouths. But the Matthew Broderick version. The yeah. De- the definitive modern day Godzilla. <laughs> right. But they... And, and this is not, guys, this isn't a spoiler. I'm not going to throw any spoilers in here. Um, this is in all the, the major reviews at this point now that you can see. Uh, when they first started talking about the original Godzilla movie, they made it look like they were going to trudge out the original Godzilla story. Um, you know, just Godzilla stomping all over the place. Mm-hmm. What made me love this Godzilla movie was that it was a Godzilla movie in the mold of Godzilla movies that have been made for the past forever. Meaning it's not just Godzilla. There's other monsters that he fights. Um, I, I think that's a spoiler. Not really. I didn't know that. There's more than one monster then. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Godzilla movies, and it's in no, every it's not. review. That's not the first Godzilla movie. Right. There's been 30 of them. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not the there's, first. There's been 30 of them. Well, you thought them. this was a reboot. But then, 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 then they did a great job of hiding that, because the trailers, they don't show any other monster. Well, like I said, it's I, I haven't seen the commercials. I'm pretty sure the commercials do. If they don't, though, like I said, this is something you find out in the first 15 minutes. This oh. is not something that should be a spoiler to anyone. I'm not sure why they hit it, because I have a feeling longtime Godzilla fans would be more interested had they known going in that they weren't just retreading the, 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 the origin story. So he fights Gamera? Is that a spoiler? No. and I'm, <laughs> I mean, that, like I said, I'm not going to say anything other than that. I will say that the... Um, 
the the uh, the human players. Um, you know, Brian Cranston is in it. Uh, there's a fairly decent cast. Uh, they are underutilized. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, in a Godzilla movie, the humans are almost always kind of there for a sense of scale, not only in terms of size, but also uh, in terms of just kind of how futile anything they want to do really is. Um, but, you know, uh, I wish they had given some more screen time to some of the people like Cranston. Um, the whole movie is a very slow burn, but when they finally let everything go at the end, I mean, the, the payoff for me, at least, was incredible. I mean, I was... It was it was everything I could do to not whoop and holler, and I mean I was throwing my hands up and fist pumping, and I, I haven't been that fucking excited in a movie hands in so long. Up, yeah, baby, hands up, give I mean, me your heart, baby. It, well, I it, it, in, in lieu of screaming, I mean I was grabbing Vani's arm and like digging my hands, in, and she's like, "You're actually hurting me," and I'm like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm excited." So. He fights a giant moth or something. I mean. I'm not gonna talk about it, <laughs> but no, I mean you know the 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 design for Godzilla was good. Uh, the design for the new monster was okay. Um, all the set pieces were really, really nice. Like, just the actual sets looked nice. The story was definitely passable. And, I mean... I've definitely seen... passable. Yeah. But, I mean, I, from someone... I, I haven't seen all the Godzilla movies. I've probably seen 15 or so of them. Uh-huh. I would put it in the upper upper percentile. And, I mean, that's that's really good for Godzilla movie made in the United States. You know, by I think a, a British director. I wasn't expecting that. So very cool. yeah, I was very happy with it. I'd love to see them continue with it. They've definitely got the ability. Maybe they announced to do a so. sequel already. Oh, did they really? Good, so, great. So, so yeah, new but, Godzilla two or whatever. Yeah, it's be. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, with all these reboots and remakes in the future, it's gonna be like, what version are we talking about? You're gonna need to like say what well, we, we talk to someone. Godzilla parentheses 2014. Well. I just they do do that usually. It's Godzilla 2014. I know. But I'm saying when you're talking to someone, you're yeah. like, what, what are you talking about? 98, <laughs> 2014. You know. I will say um, real quick, and this just applies to other movies. This happened with um, uh, Pacific Rim, um, and even to a degree, I think it applies to Captain America. Something that I'm really enjoying in movies with action is we aren't getting any more. It's not a bunch of close-up, shaky, blurred spots. Things They're pull back, out. and they let you see what's going on, yes. and whether it's giant monsters or giant robots or just two dudes fighting that just makes it so much more enjoyable i i I don't like seeing that yeah the shaky thing was like for a few years paul greengrass popular popularized it where i was like oh it's shaky it's more realistic yeah you can't see shit going on though the second born movie is the worst of those offenders the second born movie the born uh supremacy you can't see what the hell's going on in any of the action scenes and even i think greengrass doing that by the third one he even pulled back a little bit. It's still a shake cam, but at least pulled back and made it a little less shaky. But then Michael Bay has it really shaky in the first Transformers movie. and the second one, you can't see what the hell is going on. At least the first one, I remember, it was so hard to tell what was going on. Well, that's you know? and that was kind of my thinking was maybe... I always wondered, was it was it a way to cover up the fact that the special effects weren't good enough for them to do pulled back I, shots? Or, I mean, or was it just laziness on the part I of the I think director? it was just anything else where uh, it was something that was in vogue, like how bullet time was in vogue in the late sure. 90s, where like everyone had to do a slow-mo shot like that, even in movies that didn't need it. You know, or it became cliche. You know, now it's like lens flare. That's like the thing now, like putting, artif- JJ, a- yeah, putting an artificial lens flare, which doesn't make any sense, because then you realize that, oh. hey, I'm watching it on a camera, shooting it. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Um, other than it to be a cool little... I know, it looks like a video game. I think exactly. that, I think that's what it is. So, in short, if you're a Godzilla fan, you will like it. Go see it. If you're on the fence, you know what? You're probably still going to like it. Well, I celebrated a birthday, and I got a haircut. 
So that, that was my since the, since the last podcast. Yeah. Uh, my hairdresser cut off four inches off the back. And I was like, wow, I knew it was long. I didn't realize it was that long. But it'll go back in a few weeks. So I know all the people out there, you know, that are really, really sad about me having short hair. Your Samson mullet. It's not a mullet. It's not a, like I said, it's a party on the sides and the back. It's not a mullet. <laughs> party all around. Okay. Let, let's, do a, let's do a rundown of the show, shall we? We forgot to do that. Well, we covered Godzilla. <laughs> Coming up on the show this week. We need, we need, where's our, where's our uh, music for this? Where's our production? Uh, we'll be talking about YouTube acquiring Twitch. That's pretty big news. Um, Channing Tatum casts as Gambit. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and the latest news, as well as David Goyer, the writer, putting his foot down his throat. Uh, we'll talk about the Flash TV uh, trailer for the new TV show. Microsoft offering Xbox One without Connect for $399.99. And then Michael Pachter, the uh, analyst, going off on Adblock users on his latest Pack Attack game trailers video. And your Q&A. And your Q&A, which we've pre-selected because now we're getting way too many to even go through. <laughs> and plus, it's a safe time. And plus, it's, we, we get asked the same ones from people that maybe didn't realize three months ago we already answered it. So so this was uh, this is pretty... I don't want to say pretty big. It's big. Uh, Twitch is the uh, largest of the you know streaming services, video streaming services, mostly because they center mostly on gaming. For the right. most part, for the most part, the term service is you have to be streaming a game or something game related in order to use it. Unlike Ustream, you can do whatever you want. Um, so, uh, YouTube's gone and acquired it. Now, YouTube was very late to the game when it came to live streaming, which was weird, being that YouTube is, was the first to have streaming video, but not live streaming. So, about a year, year and a half ago, they started offering like, like a beta to select YouTube partners and people that were on the big channels like Machinima and, and Maker players that you could use this. You can utilize this. I didn't have it from the start. Um, then only, I think, the past year or so, six months, they started to give it to more and more people. I think now it's even like almost everyone can use it, that you can stream live to, to YouTube as you can anywhere else. But I think what why YouTube has done this is because they automatically get this service that's already built up. Like Twitch streams all like the League of Legends stuff. You know, they stream, like, live all the PAX Prime and PAX East events. Um, they do all the fighting tournaments. So that's stuff that YouTube, not that the, to their detriment, they never got their, their hands in that bowl before. And now they're automatically in business. They're, they're automatically, because something like a League of Legends tournament, which I'm sure gets millions of views, that that's all lost revenue in YouTube's eyes, and now they're going to get that. Right. You know. so, so instead of putting the work in themselves and possibly not being successful, they just bought it out, right? Sure, and, and plus Twitch has proven to be, you know, I'm not sure. I, I don't honestly don't have that much experience using the YouTube, uh, YouTube live service. I know other people, YouTubers, I have to say, yeah, it's pretty good. But Twitch is established; they have a huge fan base, um, and so, like I said, they're already they're they're tapped into it. Not just that, um, uh, Twitch also. I, I mean, uh, it all comes down to, you know, this is where this is where the whole industry is heading. Is this live stuff? I mean, because YouTube in the past, the last election, they, they were they, they were streaming live all the debates and things like that. So not just gaming. So maybe they see this as, a, as an avenue, not just for gaming, but for other things as well. I don't know. Or maybe they'll just stick it to it for what it was created for, for, for gaming. I don't know. But it's very interesting. Now, I know that you don't use Twitch. Um, we use Ustream, I believe, for the, uh, the podcast, correct? Yes. And we've always used it for the marathon. Glad you know about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So what I mean, what does this mean for people who use Twitch? Does this mean I mean that's that's the, I, that's the big thing. When this is announced, there was a, a hashtag on Twitter: uh, "Rest in peace, uh, rest in peace, Twitch." Meaning people are afraid that they'll be forced to use their Google, uh, Google Google Plus login or something like that, or the integration. I have no idea. I mean, if they were smart, YouTube and Google would not try to over-integrate it and keep it separate. If they were smart, they but were I mean, smart. the only thing I've seen from Google, I mean, really is over-integration of everything. So I guess that's my question, and I, because I don't use Twitch, I, I haven't I haven't followed up on it. But that's going to make a lot of people unhappy. Yeah, they probably should keep it separate, but I. I just see it all falling under one umbrella eventually. Their streaming didn't. Their live streaming did not work, so now this is their solution well, to it, and they're gonna. Sh- I, I would think that they would shove it under the YouTube umbrella. I don't think that it didn't work. It's just that it was the awareness, and again, they were just too late to the game. Right. So that once Twitch has millions of uh, of users and viewers, and YouTube, do you know any YouTube live events that you've seen in the past year? I don't know any. You know? No, I think I saw someone, I think I, I won't say it by name because I'm not certain, but I think a, a mutual friend of ours was saying that they were going to like try to stream something on YouTube a couple months ago, and I think that's the only time I'd ever heard of it. But in terms of the big events, they had that guy that did the uh, that suborbital like, uh, free fall yeah. where he jumped. Like That was the big thing I've heard. But other than that, they don't have the big gaming tournaments. They don't have any of these conventions well, here's the that thing, Twitch I, has. I knew about that, the suborbital thing. I did not know it was on YouTube. That's the thing. See? Yeah. They, they they don't have the NES marathons. <laughs> so, I, I I just don't like Twitch's interface. That's personally why I haven't used it. Uh, plus, Ustream's have been very good to us, giving us more resources for the marathon. So, um, probably the Ustream will continue to be the, the official NES marathon streaming service. Of course, now that we've actually figured out how to do it properly via the podcast, we won't have buffering issues going forward on You know what I mean? We haven't. We finally figured out after like four years how to do it properly. Right. Um, but, no, it's very interesting. Um, looking at this uh, Mashable... Um, article concerning it, just about, yeah, they bring up esports, obviously, you know, like, oh, League of Legends, here we go. Uh, there was 32 million viewers of the championship in Los Angeles in October. Yee. That's the revenue from that, for Google right there, just alone, that would, like, help pay for, you know, I don't know how much it's going to be, but that's a chunk right there. Um, Minecraft, everyone streams Minecraft, obviously. Speedrunning, they're talking about. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And game developers have embraced it. You know, a lot of them, obviously, PS4 and Xbox One have Twitch, like, built in to it. How's a random ad? Hmm. So, it just may, I guess it just makes sense. Uh, but at what point does it become a monopoly? You know, where, like, a, a company like Ustream that's been around just the same amount of time as Justin TV, which is what Twitch is. Right. Um, do, do they now have an unfair advantage over a service like that? I mean, is there? There's also what's the what's the third big one? I even forget the name of the the, the third big streaming service that used to be the third big streaming service. You know what happens to them? They're, do they fall off? Do we have to be forced to go to Twitch now and not use Ustream anymore? I don't know. Well, if Twitch keeps itself as, I mean, if if the requirements for Twitch are that you're streaming a game, then places like Ustream might not. Sure, you know, might not feel it as much as as you think. If, like I said, if those regulations are still left in place, what's next? <laughs> that's that's our exciting conclusion to that segment. Um, this is someone someone brought this up. I don't know if this, has, this has, I don't know if this has to be a full topic, but um, people always talk about people scrutinize Nintendo and how they're doing because they're a gaming company. They're the most famous gaming company. You know, when you think of Nintendo, you think of video games. Um, and Nintendo has been doing well the past couple of years because the, the Wii U has been less than stellar in their in their sales. Uh, 
But uh, the gaming division of Sony lost $78 million last year. And the, per the, why the, the person asked, why does that not get attention when Nintendo losing money does? I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, one, when you hear that Sony lost a lot of money, even if it's specifically attached to a gaming division, people tend to think, because Sony is, it's a bigger company with more things under its umbrella. Um, you don't, I, I don't think everyone necessarily hears that as it's read to you, you know, sure. 78 million to the gaming division. Um, I also think that people think Sony is doing a lot better than Sony actually is. Sony's been around forever. They, they, they did the Walkman. They do your car stereo. They do your TV. And it doesn't seem as specific. Now, when the company is video game centric, I think they think of it as smaller and perhaps more fragile, even though financially Nintendo is anything but yeah, even fragile. Though financially, right. they're, they're, they're doing a lot better than... But you know what I'm here. saying. Like, like I think they just see Nintendo, oh, they make games, so if they're doing poorly, they're, they have yeah. to be teetering on this edge when, when that's not exactly the case. Sure. The other thing is, is Nintendo's a weird company. I like Nintendo. I mean, I really do. The 3DS is my favorite current generation system. Um, but Nintendo does a lot of stupid things, and I think... Or, or they do a lot of things that leave people scratching their heads. And I think, as time goes on, there is a group of people, and I'm definitely not one of them, but there are people who really just want to see Nintendo fall on their ass. Fail or just get kicked down a notch? Or... Like I said, fall on their ass. I don't, I don't necessarily think fail, but I, people just seem to eat that news up with more glee than they do sure. something like I th Sony. I think I think people... It's, it's, it's dumb either way. It's like, unless you're... Honestly, unless you're an investor, you shouldn't be following stuff like this, or unless the company's ready to go out of business. Nintendo's not going to go out of business. No. They're not going to go out of business for 50 years. You know, um, but a company like Sony that has been bleeding billions of dollars the past few years and is finally maybe starting to get back around. They have, a, like I always said, they can shut down the gaming division at a moment's notice. You know, if it's not making money, if, if the company goes under, it could be gone. You know, th there are much more tenuous situations Sony is overall and the gaming division versus Nintendo, which is why I think it's funny. Well, that's what that you know. goes back to what I was saying earlier. I, I think that a lot of people think and i'm making a lot of assumptions that sony has a lot more to buoy them up than they actually do yeah and they don't their, their tv sales are down have been down that's one of the reasons why why they're losing a ton of money yeah it's not the thing where you have to buy a sony lcd tv you can buy a, a, a good cheap lcd tv for like three four hundred dollars at target you know that's that's one of the reasons why pushing pushing 3D TVs that hasn't worked. No one gives a shit about 3D TVs. No. Now, now they're trying to push 4K. It's like no, no. We're, we just bought our LCD, we just bought our LEDs. Even we just bought our LED TVs. Upgrade from LCD. Yeah. You can't push new technology that quickly. That's yeah. why Blu-ray never caught on as much as I thought. They I was would. just gonna say. I think I think my Blu-ray collection just broke the five mark after four years of having a Blu-ray player. I said this years ago. Blu-rays laser disc of this generation. It's yeah. just bad timing. It came out too soon after DVD. The jump up from DVD to Blu-ray is not big enough for ninety-five percent of people. And plus, you have streaming now. So Blu-ray, I don't. I have no interest in getting a Blu-ray player right at this moment. If it's built into something, sure. If it's built into my, my computer or uh, a game system, sure. But do, do I have to go out and get one right now? I don't know. I, I buy Blu-rays that are... Animation on Blu-ray that was done with that intent in mind looks gorgeous, but there's just, yes, there's not a whole lot of uh, reason otherwise to me. Um, We're getting off topic, though. Yeah, yeah. So to go back to the Sony thing, I mean, it is important to note that part of the uh, the, the, the loss is because they, they scrapped their computer division, so that's, that's where money is lost. I mean, next financial report it might not be quite so dire. I mean, they are making some smart moves. They are cut. They, they are looking at their dead weight and cutting it off. 
Um, so let's, I mean, for people who are into games, and I don't think it's going to be uh, PlayStation because it's 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 doing well. PlayStation 4 is doing well. But, you know, the fact that they cut off their computer division just goes to show that a big company like this, in danger, will just start cutting off the limbs. It's so funny that they just said we're not going to be making the Vio, Veo, whatever, laptops anymore. Yeah, if you saw Amazing Spider-Man 2, they're all over. Everyone's using one of those shitty laptops. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I want to buy them. Nope, we're not going to be really making them anymore. Yeah, no. Anyway, um, let's let's go to our, I guess, our comic book middle chunk segment. Yeah. <laughs> This one was kind of, I don't know, this one, I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, Shannon Tatum getting cast as Gambit, I guess, for the, you know, um, Fox has, uh, 20th Century Fox has the rights to do the X-Men movies. Marvel Films does not. This goes back to the original X-Men movies, now the Wolverine franchise, now Days of Future Past that comes out in a few days. Um, Kind of a weird decision just because... I just, I don't know. I hope we can pull off a Cajun accent. Supposedly he's a fan of the, of the character, which is always a positive. It is. It doesn't mean it's going to work, though. That's the only thing. But it also means, though, that you're, now you're going to have a standalone Gambit movie, uh, most likely, which I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's going to work. I just don't, I just don't. I know he's a popular character in, in, in the X-Men universe, and he's almost like, to me, he's always like Wolverine light in terms of his attitude and everything. I like Gambit. I like Gambit a lot. I, like, I love him on the X-Men cartoon. I remember his uh, solo comic. Gambit is um, great. I like I like him a lot too, but I just feel like at his popularity as a character was at its height in like the late nineties, early two thousands. I mean he's sure. still a popular character, people love him, but yeah, that's a very weird choice for a solo film. Unless they're gonna just wait for him to be in the X Men Apocalypse, which is gonna come out two years from now. That's fine though, but it's like I, I don't know. I, I I want these films to do well, then they are doing well. But I'd I'd love for them to have some sort of deal with Marvel films. It's never going to happen though. In order to sp- split the revenue, let Marvel actually produce them. Or we could just you have know. our every two week bitch fest about the fact. that we, we just do we that. Really, really, just want these to be under Marvel films, and we're not. We really do. It. Just get Spider Man, Fantastic Four back for Frank's sake, and, and get the uh, X Men films back. That's all we ask. Um, but um, we'll see what happens. That's all. I, I just thought it was weird to see that. It was funny just seeing the Photoshop job of his face on the Gambit. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like you don't picture it. You know, you when you picture Gambit, you know, I just never picture him being that. Then again, no one pictured pictured Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He's like, who the hell is this? No, it's guy? an odd casting job. But you know, you grow your hair out, you bulk up, you slim down, you do what you need to do for the character. Or we'll have to be more spelt, I think. Yeah, because yeah. he's built. Uh, yeah. Now, he would definitely have to take it down. I always say Tannen Chatham instead of Channing Tatum. I always screw the guy's name up because it's weird. He has like two last names. As a, I, I, think, a, I, I think, think Tanning Chatham is a professional wrestler from the early <laughs> 80s. Really? Yeah, Tanning. Now, how about the announcement? How apropos. Today it was announced the the, uh, the name for Batman versus Superman. It's going to be Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice. Take it away, Ian. No, there's no justice here. <laughs> no one, no one wins anything. Um, no, I mean it's just partially because of my my current mood. Partially because we go through this shit all the fucking time. It's hard for me to get worked up. I mean, the title is I don't know campy. Um, I mean, it 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 clearly lays out the fact that this is no longer really a sequel to. Man of Steel. Oh no! But it's not this is close. this is a prequel to the hastily rushed Justice League movie that we've already talked about. Um, well, those airplanes really do sound sound special. Oh, look at the window open. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, I don't I don't feel anything anymore. I've been I've been I've been, I've been well, broken and destroyed. And what did you think of the the Affleck in the suit? Uh, that picture. The picture Sad was diagram. okay. I mean, it was. I, 
Yeah. Fine. I mean, I, dude, here's the thing. Okay. I've already decided in my head I'm not... I, I don't give a shit. I mean, that's the thing. I, like, once you... Once you distance yourself from it, it's so easy to look at it and be like, well, whatever, that's, you know, okay. I mean, why do you care? Are you, are you still holding out hope that this might be something you're going to go and see? What the fuck does it oh, no, matter I'm gonna, anymore? I'm going to see it just because... Why? Because there's never been a movie with Batman and Superman in the, in the, in the same, you know, live action. I think that's a cool idea. Mm. I think it's... I, it, will it be a train wreck? Probably. It probably will be a train wreck. But hey, that's part of the fun. It it's going to be an event. It can be, yeah, an event. An event, the, all right. For the like, podcast, like, two, like shitting your pants. Two it's years ago, an event. I mean, two years from now in the podcast, we can discuss it. It'll, gonna, it'll be a one-sided... Just like, you, just like you promising to play DuckTales HD for the podcast, which you never did. Well, Get on on people for that. You're going to see this. Promise, you're going to see this two yes, years get, from now. Get your torches. Why is it going to take two years torch. to make this movie? That's what I don't understand. Are they afraid of going up against Avengers next year? Probably. That's probably what it is. Yeah. They're afraid to go up against It shouldn't take two years to do this movie. They, they, they start filming today. Yeah, maybe they need more than a year and a couple months. You know, they have it come out in July. You can be able to do the effects if, if you start now, but whatever. I just think it's weird that they pushed out they pushed out the release date of Man of Steel almost a full year, like seven, eight months originally. And now this gets pushed out another year. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I saw a picture of Gal Gadot. They actually, I guess, saw her pictures either on set or in, as you know, not as Wonder Woman. Um, but she did not look big at all. So if she went to the gym, maybe it was a tone up, but she, she does not have the muscle mass for, for Wonder Woman, in my opinion. People might say, well, she's magical. She doesn't need it to be strong. Yeah, but in the comics, she's big. She's built. She's an yeah. Amazon. She's, yeah, I mean, she's not supposed to be small or tiny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like this concludes our... Or weather report on how 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 shitty this movie is shaping. Oh no, up. it doesn't. We're but it just, does. But it doesn't because we're just getting started. Maybe they're pushing it back. Maybe they're pushing it two years because it's going to take that long for David Goyer to get his fucking foot out of his goddamn mouth. <laughs> um, so Goyer's the guy who's kind of like working on writing the, uh, with with Zack Snyder on this movie. Uh, and, I believe, he, and, and he I worked the, on the two first two Batman movies. So. Yeah, and uh, the Justice. I think he's going to be on the Justice League uh, movie as well. And, uh, he's, he's, he came out talking about She-Hulk and, uh, basically suggested that she should be called, uh, Slut-Hulk, uh, insinuated that she was only there as, uh, you know, something for the Incredible Hulk to fuck, um, all sorts of other really classy things. Uh, <laughs> she's still pretty chunky. She's like China from the WWE, he says about She-Hulk. And the thing is, is like, so... That's disgusting because it's gross and it doesn't need any explanation as to why that's gross. It's also really kind of upsetting because he's supposed to be the quote-unquote comic guru. He's supposed to be the guy in the know. And Well, he's the guy writing your story right. and laying out your framework for your superhero right, right. stories. Yeah. And, and he uh, doesn't know anything about She-Hulk, apparently. Like, she's the cousin this of... Bruce Banner? Yeah, that, it, it, yeah, he doesn't understand that, that it, they didn't introduce her just so Hulk can have a girlfriend. That's not what happened there. It's like, yeah. Yeah, even I know. I, I'm not a big... She, I, I never really followed She-Hulk that much, but even I knew. Yeah, it's the cousin. That's, like, the first thing you know about She-Hulk. Yeah, she's always... I mean, she's gone through uh, story arcs. I, I know that she's a lawyer. I know that she's sort of carefree. She kind of acts like California carefree. That's her character. Yeah, she, yeah. She, she's, she, she, she was a, a... I mean, her the, 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 the arcs that do her best are the smart and powered woman arcs who then she goes out and, you know, 
kicks ass. She's, if a, she needs she's a liberated to. woman. She's yeah. confident with herself and who she is and her sexuality and her strength and everything else. And yeah, and yeah. Yeah, it's just it's you know some of her arcs have been more campy and some of them have been more serious, but um, it just shows an incredible lack of knowledge on a character that, while well, granted, is not a mainstream character. Someone who is writing a comic book movie should probably know this stuff. Well, this is where it gets even scarier because he also commented on Martian Manhunter as well. Did you see those comments? No, I did not. Oh, boy. Um, he basically... Um, I'm going to paraphrase it on the article in front. He basically saw the character as needing to be revamped or reworked to fit with the modern audience and basically said the name is silly. It should be called just Manhunter, not Martian Manhunter. So this is a guy who's going to be writing probably for that character as part of the Justice League. So I'm not even a Martian Manhunter fan, but I'm pissed that it, you don't want a guy like that writing for anyone for your movie. You don't. Oh my god, that's him, just disrespect to begin with. Him and Snyder are so fucking perfect for each other. <laughs> I just want them to fuck off into oblivion, and so no one has to deal with them ever again. It's really no. I mean, I, I, I I'm joking, but it, it it's true. They are. So perfect in terms of their inability to comprehend what a female character would be like, <laughs> uh, their inability to really grasp what it is that superhero fans want. Uh, I, I know that you know. I know that I'm not. I'm perhaps not in the majority in hating Man of Steel, but it it's it. I just I don't know how much longer Zack Snyder can keep this ruse up before people yeah. finally turn yeah. on him. He doesn't know how to direct actors or with any subtlety. Right. I've always I said that with Watchmen, and that's why Watchmen I thought was he took an he took the I know you haven't read it yet, but he took excellent material and made it an above average movie. And it takes real skill to do that to take excellent source material and direct it into something that's above average instead of something that's great. Right. You know, usually usually it should be great if it's excellent material. Yeah, so these are not... Well, here's what he said. He was okay. on a podcast. This is what he said about... about um, if, you want to, if you want to quote him about Martian Manhunter. Because this, to me, he can say what he wants about She-Hulk. It shows his insensitivity. But this is more important because he'll be writing this character if it's going to appear in the movie. He said, How many people in the audience have heard of Martian Manhunter? After some light applause and cheers, he added, How many people that raised their hands have ever been laid? That's a nice stereotype that I'm sure went over fine with the audience, even as a joke. Do you, again, do you want him writing your superhero no, films? No, I, I, don't, I don't want him anywhere. I mean, send him off to an island. He then said, well, he has been rebooted, speaking of uh, Martian Manhunter, but he's a mainstay in the Justice League. He can't be freaking called the Martian Manhunter because that's goofy. He can be called Manhunter. The whole deal with Martian Manhunter is he's an alien living amongst us. So he comes down to Earth and decides, unlike Superman who already exists in the world now, that he's just going to be a homicide detective. So instead of using superpowers and minoring and like, oh, I could figure out if the president's lying or whatever, he just decides to disguise himself as a human homicide detective. Dare to dream! So he's just disrespecting the character that he's going to be writing for. He's belittling this character that's been around for a long, long time and has been a core Justice League member for, what, 45, 50 years? Is is it before Silver Age, Martian Manhunter? I don't know, but at least the 60s he's been around. I know that, not being a big Martian uh, Manhunter guy. But, um, yeah, besides the She-Hulk stuff where he just thinks it was a fantasy designed and just some sort of slut Hulk. What, just an ass. And, by the way, this is what David Goyer has written um, to get to this point, some of the stuff. Death Warrant, which I like Van Damme, but that's not exactly the, the best movie example. No. That's not even one of the better Van Damme movies, actually. No, the one I'm, in the prison. I'm, I'm a big Van Damme fan, so... He wrote the, the directed video, uh, was it direct video? The Crow City of Angels. Um, 
He did write Dark City. I'll give him that. That's, that's at least an original one. He wrote Blade. He wrote Blade 2, which was terrible. And he wrote Blade Trinity, which is, was more terrible. -er -er. He also wrote... He wrote the... Like I said, he wrote, he wrote uh, The Dark Knight. Or he did the story to The Dark Knight. He didn't actually write it. The story is just... The, the, that's just a basic framework. Right. You get credit for that. And then someone actually writes it. Get, but he does have screenplay, screenplay credit on Batman Begins. And then, here we go. This is... He wrote for Call of Duty Black Ops. He wrote for he wrote Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, which was abysmal. <laughs> um, and then he also did uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Two, and he did the screenplay for Man of Steel. Maybe that's why Superman was not Superman in that movie, really. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, where do you at what point in writing a story for a superhero movie do you get to call something too ridiculous for a superhero movie? Isn't Superman basically... No one, please kill me. I, I know he's not a Martian. Um, a Martian from space hiding amongst people? Like, I mean... I mean, what, I mean, he just doesn't like the name. I mean, where do you pick and choose in the world of superheroes what's more ridiculous than the other? Like, I, I don't get it. You're, you're not going to make this mm -hmm. a serious drama piece that people are going to, you know... Well, it just shows the guy's arrogance. That yeah. he's, he's in Hollywood, he's written some of these... Movies, Blade Two, freaking Ghost Rider, Spirits of Vengeance. I don't know how you do those movies, and all of a sudden you get tapped to do this again. You're in the know. You have friends. I guess you get the. I, honestly, if I give give me the JLA script, then I, even though I don't know that much about Martian Hunter, I'll do a better job than him, who actually doesn't. I'll at least research the character, find out the good stuff about him, and appreciate why people like him versus trashing a character you're going to be writing about. Well, That's appa ridiculous. Apparently, for DC to take notice of you, you need to be a misogynistic scumbag. So maybe try working <laughs> on that, and then you know you can just shed that after you get the JLA script in your hands. <laughs> Fucking horseshit. Okay, yeah, great. That's fun. So we'll, we'll look forward to the next news about what's going to go on with this movie. Speaking of the Justice League, uh, I'm not sure how this is going to fit in. I'm guessing the Flash is going to be in the JLA movie. I don't see how it wouldn't be. But they're doing a Flash TV show. Right. WB. Much in the same vein as uh, The Arrow, which is now in its second season, back Green Arrow. Or um, Smallville, which was on for like uh, a decade, about Superman before he was Superman, Clark Kent, which I've seen all of like five episodes of, and it was okay, but I know people loved that film. So, I saw the trailer, you did too, it's like a five minute extended trailer. It, yeah, it's like the same sort of, in the same vein as Smallville, they're like early 20s characters, you know, except that he has a suit, and the suit actually looks really cool. Yeah, the suit does you look know. cool, and I mean, right, it's... You know, it, it, they're younger characters, but I think the, what differentiates this from Smallville is the fact that they're not really beating around the bush that it's no. that he's the Flash. Um, I thought that the trailer looked decent for what it was, but I just couldn't find myself interested in it, and yeah. I, and I don't know I don't know why, um, and I feel kind of bad because I like the fact that you know in the trailer they show that he's uh, you know he interacts with the Arrow. I see if they're gonna do it wrong in the movies, I'm actually all for DC doing some TV shows and kind of building up a little universe that way with their smaller characters. It's going to be a TV universe, though. Right, but, right, it, are they ever going to be able to translate that into to the movie universe? No, so they're just kind of building two universes that aren't ever going to yeah. interact properly, and while I'm happy, like I said, on one hand to see them maybe putting a little bit more effort into it on the TV, it's still going to be the, the payoff's going to be nothing. Yeah, I think it's a lost cause. I think it's really stupid. Again, this goes back to Gotham. Um, you're going to have people watching Gotham and you're going to have people watching uh, an Arrow and Flash 
series that have nothing to do with this movie universe coming out now. It's almost, unless they're going to try to build it up. I haven't seen any indication that they're doing that. So, like, what the hell is the point? Gotham is. I mean, I, I not, really don't see it. Not, I, not I, to not to bring back up last or two weeks ago. Gotham goes far enough back that you could. In your head, you could write it out of the current universe. You uh, if you can't do that with with Flash and Green Arrow, but I just especially see, if they pull them into the movie. But I just see again a disjointed creative team that doesn't know what they're doing with these properties. That, well, that's sure. what it looks like. Sure, people off on their own, not like Marvel again. Sitting down, Marvel saying, "Okay, we got these movies. They're all connected. Okay, we're even going to have this TV show, The Shield, which is connected to the movies. Even we're even going to do that. And now they're have the Netflix ones coming out. The next the Netflix series, I'm really interested in seeing just because. They're, they're probably not going to be totally connected from the start unless they end up doing a Defenders movie down the line. It combines Iron Fist, Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage. But I would think that Marvel at least even has that planned out, that they know what the hell is going on with those series to interconnect them. And at Comic-Con this year, they'll probably announce you know, what the plans are. But the point is, is that I get less interested the more disjointed I know these series are. Because, again, you want if, if you could somehow bridge these series to the movie or somehow connect them, obviously then more people are going to watch one and the other versus not. It's just smart. It's smart business and it's smart creative, uh, creatively to do that. It's just common sense right. to do that. So I don't see why they're, they're building out these separate universe. And plus, like I said, Flash is a mainstay in the Justice League. So now, is he going to be the same character in the movie or is it going to be a different one? Or It's just, everyone's, what, what the hell are they, or they're not, not going to have the Flash Then people are going to wonder, why don't they have the Flash? Because he's a huge hero and he's in the TV. You know what I mean? It's just so many well, weird, that, just weird shit. That's my question. TV actors and movie actors are generally on different planes, and they generally do not mix. So, so either they're not going to use the Flash, which is just going to be a strange omission, or they're going to use a different actor, which is just going to be equally as dumb. It's going to be strange no matter what. At yeah. least, at least with um, with Smallville, they ended that show before Man of Steel came out, so they didn't have that sort of confusion going sure. on. Sure. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, and a lot of people actually wanted Tom. Was name Tom Willing? They even wanted him to be the superman which would have been cool but they went in a different direction but uh yeah so i'll, I'll check out the show i always thought flash was one of those characters that yeah he's one of the big dc guys uh i think with me his power is such that to me though it's hard to come up with villains to sort of um have have a good counterbalance you know you have what you have what, what was it named grod uh, the gorilla he's like the biggest flash guy but he's just what he's really he's a genius and he's powerful so right. if you have super speed I, I remember buying some Flash comics as a kid and seeing him fight. It's just, to me, though, it's always like, like what's the counterbalance to a guy that's really fast? I guess he can slow him down. He can play tricks on him. You know, that's the sort of thing. Like, off the top of my head, I think I can name, like, three Flash villains. Mirror, what, Mirror Master? Grodd? Is it Groot or Grodd? See, I'm not even sure. The, uh, you, you do better gorilla, than I. And then the Trickster. And the only reason I really remember the Trickster... Because I remember seeing him mentioned in a couple of comics right as a kid, and then I think Mark Hamill played him on the, on the early '90s uh, series and kind of played him as the Joker. I remember that. And that's it. After that, that's all my Flash knowledge about yeah. villains. They kind of again, it's the same thing. There's not many villains. There's not many superheroes that have a really a good array of villains to contend with. Um, so we'll see what happens. In, in the uh, in the in the pilot, he's dealing with the guy who controls the weather. I guess like Storm a little bit. Um, that's his. So that can be interesting. He, yeah, I mean, he was he was flying around trying to undo the tornado. I thought that was you, neat. You know, it's cool. But but that's the thing. How many? I mean, how how many? How many clever tricks are you gonna have to come up with to make this continuously work as a series? I know. I mean, we already saw Super Speed with Smallville. I mean, 
that's why to me not that the flash isn't interesting because the flash always had a cool personality where he's yeah. a little more laid back and everything um but we already saw all the speed stuff with superman superman has the flash's abilities basically when it comes down to it he can do most of the running shit in hindsight you know? you, in hindsight <laughs> you got to work your way up you know not not backwards you can't dial down the superpowers you got to dial yeah. them up so anyway so we'll look forward to it again i'm more looking forward to the netflix marvel series yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to those too i uh I love Iron Fist, and I just started reading the the new run of the Iron Fist comic. It's only two issues deep. I'm not digging it. A lot of people are liking it. The art is good, but mm-hmm. the story, they killed his personality. So they, just, I, they muted it, kind of. Oh, they totally muted. It. I mean, he, I mean, Danny Rand is a really fun character, and he has no personality. Um, they undid a bunch of things that happened in the previous arc, and I'm not going to go off on a long rant what? here, but all I want to say is I just really hope that they, they're they not using this run as the jumping off point for the Netflix series. I would probably think not. I think they'd be smarter with, than that. I, I, yeah, I, I, I hope they go so. with the, 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 the larger picture. So Iron you're saying Fist. in this comic they're making him like Jet Li, too, too somber and... He's, he's, he's a little bit too somber. He's a little... He doesn't have the humor... Um, the writing has been pretty lazy and yeah, I just, you know, Iron Fist has always been, they've, there's been some serious arcs, but it, it's, it's a, it's always been kind of a fun Kung Fu comic in sure. the vein of a seventies Kung Fu movie. Which when it came out. Yeah. And they're just, they're, they're, they're kind of going over the top with the, the seriousness with this one. So I'm hoping that they don't do that for the Netflix series. Cool. Anyway. I'm not, I'm not feeling as, as salty as before. I, I wanted to like, punch a kitten before and now I just want to pat its head. I, I just wanted to cry for a long time, but now I just feel like talking about Microsoft offering Xbox One without Connect for three ninety nine. Oh really? Pat, <laughs> that means you lead in on this one. I'm the lead on this one. <laughs> yeah. So I guess one of the criticisms uh besides Microsoft offering originally DRM and you know not being able to buy or sell their used Xbox One games, one of the criticisms was that they were bundling the connect and originally you had a very nice scene originally you had to have the the stupid thing set up and oh yeah by the way they can monitor you monitor you monitor you at the same time and then uh collect and sell uh data potentially to advertisers or whatever so finally because it also costs like a hundred bucks for this stupid thing microsoft is now going to offer an xbox one without connect bundled in for 399 dollars which is still a hefty price tag but at least it's better than 499 you well, know. it sounds like, to me, it sounds like it's the same price point as the PlayStation 4, which is, I mean, this is exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to compete head-on with Sony. Um, I think there's other factors that led to them dropping it. Uh, one, Titanfall was their big gamble. They thought Titanfall was going to be the system seller, and it moved some units, but not nearly enough. They're trailing Sony, uh, the PS4, pretty heavily. Um, well, we predicted this. When yeah. it, that was just way too much money when they announced it. It right. was too much far away from the Wii U and, and from the PS4. And everything that they've talked about wanting the Xbox One to be, it no longer is. Um, you know, I mean, all of their original stupid DRM, like you said, has been reversed. But now without the Kinect being required, all the support that people would have thrown in for this, we are a set-top box that's going to yeah. replace everything, you've split it's... your consumer base, so now you can't do that. So you, you all you have now is a competitor to the PS4. You well, that have nothing was, that makes it special. Well, that was a gamble, too. They thought that people... They honestly thought people would buy something for five or $600 just to say, 
Xbox, watch NFL. Like, no, that's not why people are spending $600. They want a video game system. They don't give a shit that you can change channels of voice commands in a cumbersome way. Yeah. That was an awful... And that was how they were leading the marketing of it. It was almost like that was primary, games were secondary. Well, that, it goes back to that old video that came out immediately after the press conference. TV, 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 yes. sports, TV, 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 sports. And I mean, I've said it before, but maybe, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to dwell on it, but for listeners who haven't heard this, um, you know, I don't, maybe it's just me because I, I mostly use things like Netflix and Hulu, but I don't see TV actually being a big thing for most people. I mean, being able to run your TV through your Xbox is not that huge of a deal. I, I, I just don't think that that's a... That was a selling point. Mm-hmm. Um, voice commands. I hate shit like that. I mean, I know I'm not speaking for everyone, but I didn't want it. I don't, I don't, you no. know, and, and the thing is, is also the Kinect came out at a time on the 360 where they were still making a gamble thinking that motion-based games were going to be something that people still played. And that has all but died. But I'm sure when they were putting the system together, because, I mean, these things are in development for a lot longer. Sure. Than, well, they, they, they probably thought that this was yeah. still going to be but, something they could bank on. And there's, there, as far as I know, there's almost nothing that's Kinect exclusive for the, the, the Xbox well, One. Well, they should have saw... I mean, obviously, they had the, the Kinect in the 360, and they should have looked at that and said, well, we have this. It's, it's a novelty. It's not... We, sh- we should be banking our system on it. Right. As far as I know, the cool thing about Kinect is it, the voice commands are probably what is used the most out of anything. I had fun navigating a menu, you know, with my hand, but I mean, it's, I don't need, but I can also do that just fine with my freaking thumbs. It's only good if it works perfectly. The the, the second it doesn't work as well as a controller or as quickly, it's useless. Yeah. The second that you do something by accident or fails to do it, you're going to throw the damn thing away or want to and just use a controller. Again, something that inputs, maybe it's old fashioned. Oh, it's, it's like a baby's toy. Yeah, but it works, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a reason why that's been the, solid gold standard for you know generations of systems is because a controller is easy you pick it up you press a button it does what it's supposed to do yeah even in, even the wii u they sort of uh pivoted to okay we still have a little bit of motion but now we have the second screen oh yeah, yeah. motion is is i mean on the wii u anything motion controlled or motion based game wise is is very minimal i mean it, it's there but it's more of a you can use this pad you know for certain yeah. things and even even nintendo for as badly as they're doing like, with the wii u um they learn very quickly what people like about their gimmicks and that's a toned down approach to them like the, the, they did the same thing with the DS. Instead of all these crazy touchscreen games, it's mostly used for menu navigation. But you sure. know what? It makes a game easier to play. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, where Microsoft goes from here, um, now you have two systems that are even more similar to each other than they were before at the same price. Only one of them has a bunch of features written into it that most people are never going to to use at this point. Well, especially now if they don't have to connect with it. So right. it's, it's meaningless. So all that all that money that went into the development of these now meaningless, because yeah, because if you look at if you're on the if you're looking for a game system and now they're both the same price, then yeah, now it's a toss up. Now you're looking at again those ten percent of games, other than other than the ninety percent that are on both systems, those ten percent of games that are different. And that's what it comes down to, which is again why this this console generation is a joke. It's an absolute joke. Oh yeah, and I mean, and this is even a joke, but I mean, the install base for these systems is already starting to be built, so I don't think it's too late for Microsoft. But I mean. Well, they're two million behind in sales. Yeah, that's that's a large chunk that, to make that's, up. Yeah, that's pretty sizable. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I did read um, about when they were talking about that 
and this is actually good news for a lot of people, though, is they are doing away with the absolutely idiotic paywall that they used to have in place um, for Netflix and for mm-hmm. other things, I'm assuming, like WWE Network, Hulu all these Plus. things. Google Plus. Hulu Plus. Um, basically, on anything else, on the PlayStation 3 or the Wii or Roku or your smart TV or anything, yeah. these apps, you download them, they're free, you use them to access what you're already paying for. Microsoft made you pay for your gold subscription on top of what you already paid for Netflix. So you were paying double for the same content, basically. They did, thankfully, get rid of that. Is that going to be on the 360 and Xbox One? I don't know if it's going to be on the 360 That's the only reason I have a gold subscription, so I could watch Netflix on my 360. That's what I use it for at this point. I'm going to hope that that falls over for 360 as well. uh, When it comes up again, I'm probably going to say, I'm just going to get a Wii U, because then I can watch Netflix on it without paying for a service, and then get a new system out of it, versus paying 60 bucks a year. I've already done that twice. I've already paid 120 bucks really to watch Netflix and play some, you know, I can't remember the last time I played Street Fighter 2 uh, versus someone online. I was probably like, it had to be two and a half years ago at this point. <laughs> when I first when I first bought for $40 my working uh, 360 Modern Warfare 2 uh, console at the swap meet for $40. Best, best pickup ever. And that's about as much as I should have paid for a 360 was $40 for the amount of times I've used it. So there you have it. So it's good that Microsoft did this to give consumers options and, bring, and to bring the price down, but... Could be too little, too late. They're sweetening the pot, I think, and for people who want it, who would... I mean, for people who play Halo and things like that, who want the exclusives for the, on the Xbox One, uh, now, you know, if you waited, well, you're waiting and you're voting with your wallet paid off because you are getting what you want. You're getting the system without the stupid connect. You don't have the stupid paywall. Um, so it's only good for, 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 for Xbox fans. Uh, I You know, you just have to... I mean, you have to look back at the past two years and look at all the money they wasted in trying to force this crap. I just hope that companies learn that when we are getting to a point with the internet, I think for a long time companies didn't think people would vote with their wallet, mm-hmm. and now we're getting to the point where people very much oh. are. So, I mean, if, if, if a company comes out in five years and is like, we're going to put the system out and here's all the stupid shit it's going to do and people are making fun of it for, you know, three months after the fact, maybe don't do it. There you have it. Speaking of don't do it. You looked like you were about to lose it for a second. No, sorry, that burp bubble. Yeah. <laughs> speaking, speaking of of, uh, of, of what, losing it, um, Michael Pachter of the Pack Attack Show, he is a, uh, an analyst for an investment company on the tech side of things, which includes video games, which is a sector. So, so, so should people... You know, invest in a company like EA or Ubisoft or or Nintendo or buy stock in Sony, etc. He has a show where he answers questions on game trailers, and whether or not he's right or wrong, because you know, analysts for for stocks they they have just a, they have the same predictability of me or Ian predicting stock prices. That's what it comes down to. Really does. But uh, me, send me your portfolio. Seriously, I will help you make money. Well, well, yeah. None of these uh, these analysts saw the, the crash that, that happened in like 2007. Coming, almost none of them saw it. The point is this, though. Uh, he he got asked on his on his latest show about two questions. The first one was about the Unreal uh, Engine, what Unreal Four Engine. Uh, they were going to ask, I think, five percent commission from companies. Those from a different asker, but yes. Yeah, okay. from a different asker, which was a mundane question. It was like, oh, 
you know, you figure, okay, if, you ever, if you're an indie company starting out, you can't afford to license it wholesale, maybe 5% is fair. Yeah. 5% of sales. So I answered that question. The second question was from a user asking about using Adblock <laughs> and basically saying... Let's, let's make some friends, Pat. And basically saying... Um, I, where's the, I, I wish I could play it right now, but he, he basically said that in this question, well, I don't care if game trailers goes out of business because they don't fulfill a need anyway. I can go elsewhere for, to get game trailers and my news and what have you. So I'll continue to use ad, ad block and blah, blah. And Pactor succinctly, not succinctly, he went no, on. No, he was, he was actually rather but lengthy. He tore this guy a new asshole uh, in terms of just um, why the, the, the mentality behind this person was totally wrong. Um, and I know me talking about this, there's going to be people watching this video that use Adblock, Adblock Plus. I know I'm not going to sway, sway your opinion either way. If you, if you already use it to watch my videos, then I don't give a shit, basically. Right. Or then We're not going to change it, any minds. Ian's not going to have money for Takati as much. That's fine. I, uh, <laughs> and, and likewise, I don't think what I'm going to say is going to sway people that um, don't use Adblock to use Adblock. I honestly think if you if you have the mentality of, of you thinking it does no harm at all or laissez-faire, hey, whatever. I don't want to spend five seconds to watch an ad. I don't care. I, I waste enough of my time is wasted. I'm gonna get all this malicious spyware from ads off YouTube, which I, I don't see where that comes from. But anyway, um, again, we're not gonna change your mind. Uh, but the points that Michael Patrick made were very, very, very on target for why just the mentality is wrong uh, about people that are, I don't talk about, I'm not even talking about the people that use ad block where it's appropriate, maybe on websites that throw tons of ads at you really get in your face pop-ups left and right, but to turn it off for people that you watch on YouTube to turn it off for websites uh, like, like giant bomb or IGN or destructive or that's how people make their salaries writing and giving you that entertainment. It's a little childish. I'm just going to say that. It's a little, it's a little bit of, of too much self entitlement, too much where, well, this is what I, you know, you know, everything should be free. That's what I'm used to, so I'm gonna continue to get it for free. And at the end of the day, it's just it, you're you're being a little bit of a baby, just a little bit. Yeah, you gotta admit, just a little bit. Well, and there's also how, it's how I think people, and I don't like this, but it's how people view people um, who who do this sort of stuff, you know. And uh, you, you hear uh, get a real job come up very often. Yes, which is so funny. so so an entertainer on a TV network has a real job, but an entertainer who has a ton of followers on YouTube is not somehow in the same category. I, I don't, I don't get that. Now I do have a real job. Um, the money that I make, if you know, from, from, from the little bit of ad revenue we get from the podcast is nice, but then there is someone like Pat where this is his job. This is what Pat does is video game stuff. And yeah, it only takes, I mean, ten seconds. You can even watch well, the ad and hit skip ad, and it still counts. I, I think. I think the point is this, though: is that uh, I rather don't watch my videos if you're gonna, if you're, if you really, if it, you're not doing me a favor. Then you know what I mean. It's not. I hate the argument that if if you, um, well, I'm not supporting them by letting the ad, ads play, but maybe I'm supporting you some other way. Ninety nine percent of the time, you're not. If your attitude is, I want everything free, and fuck you. You know, you're not the type of person that's going to support someone another way. That's, I'm not saying it never happens, but that's a rare for that type of person to do that. <laughs> I highly doubt if you if you went out and and you did a a if you asked a hundred people that bought my DVD how many use use AdBlock, I guarantee you it was probably less than five percent. Sure, because why they're because they're, they're supporting me. They're supporting either uh, 
because they enjoy what I'm doing. It's entertaining to them. It's something they can forget about the woes of the rest of their life or whatever. They're just escaping. You know, so again, I just think it's something that it's just a really strange, entitled attitude. I don't think it's a sort of attitude that a lot of people, I hate to say I'm older, but I think it's an attitude that more or less people that grew up with the internet as kids, maybe their early 20s or in high school, where they, they're used to everything to them being free. They're used to not paying for cable. They're used to not paying for music. They're used to their paying for games. So to them, everything should be free. Right. And it's just a weird sort of, again, just self-entitled, self-righteous, this is my crusade attitude that some of them, not again, not everyone uses Adblock, but some are definitely on this sort of weird-ass crusade that they think they're going to change how the whole paradigm of advertising works on the internet. No, you're not going to change it. You're going to make it just worse for everyone that abides by it. That's what it comes down to. Well, and the, the thing is, is... Um you know, you keep saying they they grew up, you know, in this, this era where everything they everything was free. Yeah. They want everything to be free. Well, here's 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 the big twist. You cannot use AdBlock, and you know what? It's still free to watch the videos. You is just, it? You just have 15 seconds of inconvenience before the video starts. Or going on a website and not seeing an ad on the side, you know, which is no inconvenience. I know there's some sites that do have pop-up ads. I know there's some sites that do have ones that play audio automatically. But that, because of people using Adblock, that's becoming less and less and less because they know they're upsetting people well, I mean, and are afraid of pushing people to sure. use Adblock. If you're going to browse porn at work, then use Adblock <laughs> because that serves a purpose. But Because you don't want some random woman going, hey, you, <laughs> right. there's hot women in your area, what? <laughs> in my cubicle, where? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I understand that Adblock has a, a few purposes, but really when it comes to supporting... If you're watching someone on YouTube, um, you enjoy them. If you don't enjoy them, then you need to find a better hobby. And if you enjoy them, support them. I think one of the, one of the things that uh, Michael Pachter pointed out... And by the way, I didn't agree with everything he said. For example, he said, like, well, we need the money for... These websites need money because we need professional reviews because I'd rather have professional reviews of video games versus user reviews. That's a shaky point because yes. sometimes there's money thrown at these professional reviewers that they're sort of biased or they're encouraged not to give games bad reviews. That's a whole other point. However, he he was uh, key to the fact that um, the quality will diminish if there's less money. Yeah. Because it's a whole... And this goes back to civilization, is that artisans need money in order to produce better works. Sid Meier's? You, you think of civilization? <laughs> so, for example, uh, if Michelangelo... Wasn't paid money by the, by, you know, by the by the Vatican or the Church in order to do these great works. If he was just, whoa, he's just doing it for the love of it, he wouldn't have been able to. He'd be starving and he'd be off in some field somewhere, yeah. planting corn or tomatoes, whatever else they they grew in Italy, instead of doing an ama- amazing pieces of sculpture and amazing paintings. Artists need support, and it's not like you go on YouTube and pay a subscription. It's not like you go on YouTube and pay 20 bucks a month. Do you want it to go that way? Then everyone use Adblock because that's the way it'll probably eventually go. You know, because the bills have to be paid for not just... It's not even just me and you. You think it's free for Google to operate the mammoth size of servers to store and stream billions of... It must be almost billions of videos on YouTube in, in the almost 10 years that YouTube's been around. Right. They need to get revenue. They do. Yeah. Websites need revenue to function. That's just the way it works. So again, I think it's I think it's it's a it's um 
it's a, a shallow mindset to say, well, think of something better. I won't support it. Think of a better way to get money. That's not how the world works, though. It's, it's like saying you're going to walk into McDonald's, take a burger, and say, well, I don't agree giving you money for the burger. I'm just going to take it away. You figure out a way that I should be charged for the burger instead. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. So go keep using Adblock. I, I don't. It's just you're shooting yourself in the foot. That's what I think it is. You're going to get it's either you watch an ad or you have a paid internet where you go to a website and you, you want to. Okay, this website's going to cost you $3 a month. YouTube's going to cost you $4 a month. YouTube's going to cost you, you know what I mean? Well, Giant Bomb will cost you $5 a month. No, nothing free anymore. People are worrying about this, and this is where things may head, and that's the thing. Yeah, you have a choice right now, and it's to keep it free by leaving me at it's pretty. It's pretty much free now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. There you go. I thought it was funny he ripped him apart, though. It was really- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't get to say... I, I actually... I mean, he's an amusing guy to listen to. I find his analysis to be woefully just bullshit most of the time when it comes well, to video guessing. games. Well, he's guessing. Again, he's, he's just yeah, an analyst. He's I, I, just, I mean, so many times, you know, especially with like a lot of his Nintendo analysis and stuff like that, it's just... It's way off the mark. But he's not without his good points, you know, once in a while. There you go. So everyone add block our videos... Three, two, one, go. <laughs> and then we're going to go to uh, some Q&A to finish off the, the CU podcast. The Adblock edition, sponsored by Adblock, Adblock Plus. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny that Adblock Plus did a Kickstarter. You, you see about that? They did one a year or two back. They did a video on YouTube. And they, they're raising money to advertise Adblock to more people on billboards and other things. So that was me was just not just hypocritical was just a huge waste of money to, to do that <laughs> anyway it's a whole other conversation yeah that sounds like a script for something humorous you couldn't make that up yeah. that's like something that the onion would write about right yeah exactly you know, adblock plus wants to advertise themselves to everyone in magazines and on billboards and newspapers and and, and on the internet too believe it or not that was part of their budget all right anyway q a we'll start with uh nathan wilcox this is nate wilcox 23 uh why is there stigma among collectors associated with buying off eBay. I never would have found Kadash for TG16 without eBay. Um, I think this question can be looked at in two different ways. I'll answer it my way, and then I know Pat has his own opinion on it. Um, my thing is, it's not so much a stigma. I don't really care. It's, I have always enjoyed the, the thrill of the hunt and the find. Um, you know, I, I recently scored 10... Uh, Brian Eno records that I've been looking for forever and I could have ordered them all off the internet the minute I wanted them but I waited and I waited and I got them through my record store and I supported a local business and I had a lot of fun that day and that's why I don't like using eBay. It takes, to me well, personally, it takes some of the fun out of it. That's part of it. I think we have to differentiate between I always talk about eBay Insta collectors sure, or people that only use eBay Get into it quickly, spend a ton of money, and then fall out of it, fall out of love within a year or two. And you're seeing that with a lot of collectors now that people start from zero Nintendo games, and then all of a sudden they have 500 within like a year. I knew a guy. You know, you know, yeah, you know how long it took me to get 500 games? It probably took me seven years to get 500 games. It, That's how long it took me, or eight years. You know what I mean? Whatever it was, probably eight years, seven years. I think I think what it does is this. It dilutes your knowledge of what you're doing sure. by just saying, oh, I can just go on a checklist and, all right, I'll buy these 40 games today. Right. So I think it, it lowers your appreciation of the of the hobby and what you're doing because you're not learning about it. 
You're not learning about the games you're buying. So when I would go to a, a, a flea market when I was first collecting the first few four years, I would get, most of the games I would get, I would clean and I'd play for at least a minute. And say, oh, what's this game? I have no idea what this game is. You know, I, I'll just play it. And just even, just that experience, I think there's something to that that, I don't want to say you have an affection more towards what you're doing, but I think you have more of an appreciation for it. I think you do too, and you tend to look into it more as well. Um, the other thing is, uh, I, I always talk about this sort of thing with like multi-carts or um, emulation, but if you're buying in bulk off of eBay, if you're buying, if you're an Insta collector, that sort of deal, if you want to use that term, and you're buying, say, 20 games at a time, um, you never get a chance to really sit down and enjoy those. It's not quite the same as going out to yeah. like the flea market buying 10 games you know that you find at the flea market and i mean going home sitting down in in running you know at least giving each one five ten minutes mm-hmm. if you're buying in bulk you, 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 i mean you miss out i mean i there's plenty of collectors out there who probably haven't played half the games they have not just that i haven't played half the games i have overall well, no, technically you have well not for nintendo i played them all but i haven't played half my genesis well, games right. you know and i'll give but, you shit for that forever but but the point is this is that it's also the it's almost like um when you when you put a frog in water and you slowly put the temperature up more and more, he doesn't know it's boiling. So it's that way too. I don't know. I'm boiling myself buying all these games. So at least in my mind, I, I'm not going to just all of a sudden have a breakdown and get rid of them all. Well, let me tell you. I, I didn't see myself spend. I, I can't imagine the cost it would take me today to get all these Nintendo games. Not even the ones in the box. Just getting the loose ones would probably cost me seven to eight times to even probably ten times at least the amount that I paid for these over the years. And so just doing that, all of a sudden, wow, I'm spending thirteen grand on all these games versus I probably spent whatever I spent, three thousand over twelve years. That's a lot different psychologically and on the bottom line of how much you spent on the games. There there was a there was a kid, you actually met him. Uh you remember his friend, the guy who who had that, that walk. Oh yes. Yeah. Way uh, back. There was a guy who came in there was a guy who used to shop at the store all the time. And he would he would buy games and he was nice. I mean, I'm not I'm not ragging on the guy, but he, he was a younger kid. He was like probably like 23 when he was doing it, but he was working a couple of jobs and he'd always tell me about all the games he was getting and he was getting most of them from eBay. And he would come in and buy a couple, you know, that he would see in the store once in a while. But I saw him every month for probably two years, and at the end of those two years, he basically had a full set, mostly from eBay, of NES games. Wow. And then he stopped showing up and i saw this this just happened like a month ago i saw a buddy of his who used to come in with all the time i'm like what happened to you know dude and he goes oh i don't know haven't seen him in six months he kind of looked around and lost it sold off his collection and wow uh, yeah he's like he's like as far as i know he's not even playing video games anymore this is a guy who was like wholeheartedly buying into the I'm a gamer persona. I wanted to have the full NES set. Was practicing, you know, Street Fighter for tournament play. And then from, like, you know, within two years went from, like, full force to I don't even think he's playing video games anymore. Wow. Well, that's an extreme case, but that can happen. Yeah. Um, Again, I'll go back to just the appreciation factor of doing it gradually um, as well. And also the fact that um, you're not doing the market any favors. I mean, you can't blame individuals, but when you're just going out and hitting buy it nows for all these games, that's just jacking the prices up. Right. And I know there's no way to get around that. There's more and more collectors now than there were even three years ago for this stuff, especially more than five years ago. But for a game like, uh, let's see, let's get let's get an uncommon game. What is this one? Pesterminator. Yeah. 
So this isn't a game you're going to find often. I found it at a video game store, actually. That's why I know exactly where I got this from. That's why I would never probably sell it, too. My first trip out to San Diego, I bought Pest Terminator. Um, if you just go online and just buy this willy-nilly, you need it You need it yesterday, you're going to spend... You don't care. All right, it's, it's whatever. 35 bucks by now. I'll just pull the trigger. So that gradually, then the next person selling it says, Oh, I saw it go for 35. I'll list it at 38. I'll list it at 40. At 45. You're not doing anyone any fair. I'm not blaming you if you need to buy Pest Terminator, but... You don't, if you need to get it yesterday, first of all, I don't know why this game is not that good. <laughs> it really isn't. No one needs Pest Terminator yesterday. So there's that aspect too, which ne- never gets talked about really. I think I might have brought it up at MagFest at the video game collecting. Maybe I did. I know I brought it up at least one time before in the past at a panel. But um, yeah, you can fall out of love with it. And again, I think it's an appreciation thing. And I also think that you have less of a chance. I don't know. I, here's where some collectors don't like me, but I really would hope, and you get on me for not playing some of the games, but for a lot of these games, at least, I think I know a little bit of what I'm talking about, at least. I have some knowledge of some of these games. You're just laughing at me. And I see a lot of these collectors get into it, and the more concerned about, well, I have, you know, 400 boxes, and I have 500 manuals, but they couldn't tell you anything about, like, even 10% of the games that they have. Yeah. They couldn't they couldn't pass on any knowledge of it, or they couldn't in, just enjoy it for what it is, besides it's a collectible. Yes, it's a collectible, but it's also a video game. It's also it's an interactive experience. I know it's it's hard to to sort of teeter on that line, and I kind yeah. of do it as best I can. But I like to think I can do that, and that's why I am making videos. And you do see me on video game years and other projects that might, we may or may not be working on. That I can sort of pass on some knowledge of some of this bullshit. These gray slabs sitting on my shelf. And um, yeah, I think I'm kind of on the other end of that. Where I, for me, it's it's more the knowledge that's that's fun and less having it. I mean, I'm I'm looking at an NES collection that is rapidly dwindling. Yet, I mean, my yeah. favorite thing to do at work is when people come in and they're like, "Man, I trying to remember this game," and I'm like, yeah. "Shoot!" And they give me a sentence and a half, and I've got it. Like, I love being able to do that. Like, I like knowing about games. I like being able to talk to people about games and playing them is fun too. Owning them? Yeah. Well, maybe that's, a, maybe that's a connection where I can see, I can think about the game when I can see it. I can think about how frustrating Dick Tracy is or how underrated Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat is sitting right there. So, yeah. It's, it's that sort of deal with me. Danny Sullivan. It's always Danny. All right. Next question. Uh, I guess I'll take this one. Oh, this is related. Mm-hmm. From at X Files. Is this really? Is this a real one? Two zero 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 nineteen ninety nine. Oh, X Files two thousand nineteen nine. Ido Ramos. He writes us all the time. This is that that, that that Twitter name always gets me. That Twitter handle. Uh, dear Ian and Pat, how to fight that? In quote, screw it. I'm selling it all today. Unquote. Feeling suggestions. I almost sold my small collection today. Well, if it's a small collection, uh. What we just said probably doesn't matter as much as we just said about a large collection that you got very quickly and then figured out, wow, I, I need this money back and what the hell am I doing with all these games? You know, I don't have as big as a disposable, disposable income than I thought I did. Um, just remember, and there's no, there's, and there's nothing, I have nothing against you if you sell your collection. Just remember why you, you bought them in the first place. Right. I, I think the easiest answer to that is sit down with your collection and play some of it. I mean... You know, not once again, not to necessarily go back and harp on the people who don't play the games, but sit down and play the games. I mean, if you enjoy yourself, if you're having a good time, that's going to stop you from selling your collection right there. And if you're not enjoying it, then maybe you do need to 
reevaluate why you're collecting the games in the first place. But I think just sitting with it, playing some of the games, um, seeing what you're really into is a good way to do it. It's taken me years to get to the point where I am very low on things that I would get rid of. I am going through my NES collection, but that was a monster. You know, there's not a game in my Turbo Graphics collection, for instance, or in my Game Boy collection. Um, that I would want to get rid of sure. because you know you just you be more careful about what you're purchasing and then you don't have that urge to sell it off. This is from at Matt Olson ninety six. What's your thoughts on the WWE stock drop? I think it went down like what thirty percent, twenty five percent, thirty percent. And McMahon lost like three hundred million dollars personally. <laughs> Here's the thing about the okay. So what are your thoughts on the WWE stock drop? Do you think it has to do with Punk leaving in the direction the company is going? Uh, no, I don't think it has to do with Punk. I don't think it has to do with the direction the company is going. This is really what I think it has to do with. Um, and it, it's not even so much the network. The network has about 700,000 subscribers. They would like to get to a million. Well, so, they predicted a million. They, they predicted that probably has something to do with it a little bit. A little bit. They would like to get to a million. They predicted a million. What seems to be the bigger issue here is that they really overpromised on what they thought they were going to get from renewing a TV deal. And it caused stocks to rise for the wwe um i am i haven't been paying much attention to the stock but from people i know who have what i understand actually really happened here was it wasn't so much that there was a drop there was an artificial rise in the value of the wwe stock that should not have been there and really all that's happened is we are now back to where it was trading at maybe a year ago i mean someone can verify those numbers for me and if i'm wrong I'm, i'm sorry but i think that's what it is i think it was there was a lot of hope that caused that stock to temporarily shoot up and now it's just kind of dropped back down to its normal level um i think that is the thing is dish isn't isn't um carrying their pay-per-views anymore or dish and direct tv one or the other they're, they're pissed about or one of the cable companies is pissed because they're doing the network so obviously if you're on the network you're not going to order a pay-per-view ever again so i'm not sure that has anything to do with the revenue obviously that revenue obviously that revenue revenue is made up by being on the network right you know, they, they, they can they can get around 10 percent of their audience spending 45 dollars a month if half are spending 10 dollars a month that's a win to them obviously right there so i was going to bring up the stock history on my on my TD Ameritrade account, which I haven't bought or sold a stock in like two and a half years, but whatever. That's all I really care about. But no, it doesn't come down to the storylines. Investors don't give a shit about storylines. They just give a shit about how much money is the company making, how much they think it's going to make. That's where, what stock prices are. Yeah, that's it. By the way, CM Punk is engaged to AJ Lee. They're getting married uh, next month. He, he revealed it. Uh, he, he was at a, at a Cubs game uh, last week. So, good yeah. for them. All right. She's off TV. He's off TV. He'll be back at some point, I think, though. I really think. At some point or another. Supposedly, they're getting... Uh, WF is getting uh, Kenta Kobayashi. WWE's getting... He's yeah. old. He's younger than CM Punk. He's 33, I think. Maybe he's been wrestling forever, though. Maybe that's why. Kenta Kobayashi's been around forever. Well, he's he's a really big influence on CM Punk and no, I mean, Daniel Bryan. Kobayashi's so. an amazing wrestler, but yeah, I always thought he was way older than that. No, I think he's just been wrestling for a while. So it'd be interesting if, if they did that as a ploy to get CM Punk back, as like you know he, he has his finisher. Daniel Bryan uses the other. You know what I mean? Daniel Bryan uses the move too. So they both use the burning hammer. Uh, no, the, the that running oh, they, knee. The running knee. That running knee. So we'll see. All righty, moving on. Where are my topics? Ah. This one's from Megan Henry, Mega 5K. Mega! 
5K. Do you think the release of a GameCube controller for the Wii U will boost sales for those wanting Super Smash Brothers? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to boost sales of the system, but I will say this, and I can say I, the reason I wanted to tackle this is you cannot downplay the importance of a GameCube controller to a Smash Brothers player. Um, working where I do, people worship we had the, we had the topic from two weeks ago where we talked about our favorite controllers mm-hmm. people who love the gamecube controllers are slavishly devoted to it like in an almost creepy terrifying sort of way <laughs> and it is a nice controller it's comfortable to hold but i think where a lot of people get their love from is there was no arcade stick or anything for for the cube um sure. smash brothers melee is the is the competitive game the GameCube controller is your default controller. It's what they know. It's what they love. So when, you know, Brawl came out on the Wii, um, people used GameCube controllers to play it. They didn't want to use the, 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 the classic pad. Sure. Um, and same thing with the, the, the Wii U. I have a feeling for every system that's not portable from here on out that gets a Smash Brothers, you are going to see a GameCube controller come out, and that is going to be analogous to a fight stick for something like Street Fighter Four. Um, so I do think it is fairly important. Huh. See, do you, hmm. It, I don't even know. Does the Wii U even have a controller port, or are they all just... It's so probably, lot, no, it's probably just going to be, it's probably just going to be a, a WaveBird clone type deal. It's just probably going to be a, a wireless GameCube controller. Huh. I guess that wouldn't be a bad idea for them to experiment with that if, that, if they really think. But uh, what what percentage of the audience, though, would you think they would get from that versus what? who cares? You know what I mean? Like, if it's only 10%, they'd be like, who cares? I don't know. I yeah. mean, I feel like... Because, okay, the, the controller that they use that doesn't have the tablet in the middle is nice, but it's kind of an Xbox controller. Like I said, if the price is right, if they don't charge more than 30 for this thing, it will be the fight stick for this game, and anyone who's serious about it will buy it. Um, I'm not super hardcore about fighting games. I couldn't ever play in a tournament, but I like to play with a fight stick because it's the generally accepted go-to controller. So I think not only just hardcores will buy it, but I think a lot of casuals would buy into it, too even if they're just specifically using it for Smash. By the way, yes, Kenta is 33. Let's look it up. So, Wow. That's as old as Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, I think, is 33. And then, yeah, CM Punk's 35. So he's probably been wrestling. He's been wrestling forever. He's wrestling since 2000. So that's why you think he's okay. been around forever. Yeah, so he's just, been he watch- started I've been, wa- I've been watching He's like Daniel Bryan and CM yeah. Punk. They started when they were like 19, right. 18. You know? Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just... Be curious if they actually get a respected Japanese wrestler and actually don't use him as a caricature, like Yoshitatsu, who's a joke and doesn't even wrestle ever. You know what I mean? Like, if they actually take him seriously. People chant for Yoshitatsu during non-Yoshitatsu matches in NXT. Do they really? No, I mean, I, they're going to have to push the poor guy at some point because I was watching an episode of NXT. We're way off topic, but I'll just keep it quick. Yeah, like, three matches during that NXT show, Yoshitatsu chants broke out. That's pretty funny. For matches that had no Yoshitatsu in them at all. Well, Good, decent matches, too. But, like, crowd just showing, like, can we please stop jobbing the one Japanese wrestler that you have? That's ridiculous. Um, it's even, like, guys, like, um, they're required to go through NXT when the reality show Low Key. Well, I forgot what name he used in WWE, like, when he was there, like, three, four years ago. He won the competition. Obviously, the higher-ups didn't want him to. Yeah. Because he's a small guy, but he's very talented, and he won it, and they didn't use him. They released him after, like, three three months after he won the competition. He's kind of dangerous, though. But still, it's just... Use use someone. He's, yeah. <laughs> you know, just use the guy, though. Anyway. All right. This one is from Jose Ernesto Flores. Pepe Net to it. 
what are your thoughts on the new Power Rangers movie? I, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say, but I will say that I'm actually uh, excited. I mean, I, I I think they could do it, and, and I, I put this question... Did they do it on, seriously, like the Godzilla movie? Or at least... Well, not necessarily seriously, but there's a reason I put this on here. With um, Pacific Rim yeah. and, and Godzilla having been out, and showing that we can finally do kaiju, you know, big monsters and big battles well, I think there's totally room for a really awesome Power Rangers movie. Um, is it going to be good? Who the hell knows? Maybe they'll get Michael Bay to do it. Maybe Michael Bay and Zack Snyder will double bill it, and it'll be the worst thing ever. But I, I do, I, I think the technology is finally there that they could make a good Power Rangers movie if they wanted to. Very cool. By the way, going back to the... Someone just tweeted, I just uh, saw this, so I waited to report on this. We can attach this to our game controller. Today, they, someone said they announced that Nintendo and PDP will partner for a GameCube-style controller for Smash Brothers Wii U. All right, well, that must be what they're talking about. PDP is uh, what used to be Pelican. Um, I have... I'm hit or miss with them underneath the under the the PDP name. I have a couple of really nice uh, fight pads that have micro switched thumbsticks that I use for the 360. Uh, my buddy Art, on the other hand, got the same controllers and I think broke multiple micro switches on them. So um, that kind of furthers what I was saying that they are marketing this as a fight stick. That's the mentality that they're using with it. They're marketing this as like the fight stick, the official controller for playing. Um, but if Nintendo's not making it, that's questionable. Quality means. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, be... like I said, I had okay uh, experiences with PDP. You know, Art sitting right next to me. Within two weeks, you know, his controller was having you know issues. So, yeah, that that's kind of worrisome. Well, they did one for the Wii. I'm looking at they did a six button pad for the Wii. Well, looks don't tell you. No, no, it can be just crap. Yeah, you know, I know, I know that. But at least they're going to do something. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Obviously, they're going to have to. You know, uh, get, obviously, they need the rights from Nintendo in order to duplicate the shell and total design. Because right. obviously, that's still under under uh, under patent. So it's very interesting. At least, okay, they're going to do it. And Nintendo's like, yeah, we'll just they they gave us money. We'll give them design. They can come out with some shitty controller. You know, we don't have to produce it ourselves. So. Next question, question and answer time. Oh, back to Power Rangers. Back to Power Rangers. I'm all disjointed. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to it. All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> Great. So the next question is from Jason at Blastermaster underscore. Hi, Power Rangers. Uh, what arcade or pinball machine from the past did you spend the most quarters? MVC2 and Crazy Taxi for me. Um, for me, I would say I dumped... For a pinball machine, Jurassic Park. Um, it came. It wasn't the first pinball machine I played, and it's one of my favorites, but it's not my favorite. But it was, it was the pinball machine where I finally realized that there was a game to be playing with pinball. Mm-hmm. There were there were rules. There were things you could do, and that was really exciting to me. So I just kept dumping money into it to see what modes I could find and how far I could get. Uh, it it that it was the, it was the machine that really kind of gave me the love of pinball I have. Um, as far as like quarters, uh, it's kind of embarrassing just because I was awful at it but we used to cross the border and into Canada all the time when I lived in Buffalo I dumped tons of money on Dance Dance Revolution 3rd Mix. My buddies and I were, were that group that went up there like every weekend and we would just spend, spend 10-20 bucks How have I not seen you play play DDR at MacFest and not tape it? Because well, well, I, I don't, I haven't played DDR in like Please, 8 years for the love of god I will spend Give you money to record that. <laughs> I haven't played in, in like eight years, but I used to love it. It was fun. What about you? Um, 
from the that's a that's a that's a toughie. I'm I used to go to we used to ride our bikes from Lavalette, New Jersey to Point Pleasant, which is geez, when I was small that was that was incredibly tough to do because I wasn't in shape to, to ride that and my cousin would always be ahead of me. But well, we would play pinball and arcade machines and it was the only uh, Seaside Heights didn't have it, but the Star Wars pinball. The the, the good the one. East? Yeah, the the first one. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very fun. And I, I would play it for hours. Now in terms of quarters, they always had the uh free game set kind of low. I think it started at like only thirty five million or th- or something, so I you usually get two or three free games before having to spend another quarter. So I would be there literally for two hours and maybe spend a dollar only. Playing, it was great. It was only you know it was it was fantastic. Playing pinball was awesome in the nineties because it was there were so many of them it, too. Well, there was tons of them, but it was dying. Arcades had them because they felt like so, so. So the way they got you to play was it was almost always a quarter a pop. They always had great you know put a dollar and get five game deals, and your free games were very easy to well, achieve. Well, they weren't dying on the boardwalk. They weren't. Uh, there, there were so many arcades in the boardwalk still. Well, Port Pleasant only had a few. No, I'm just saying, anyway. in an arcade, pinball was no longer the major attraction. Oh, yeah, okay, so saying. to draw people to pinball, they made the free so, games easier to get. Okay. So, I, I don't know. I, I usually didn't spend, in terms of machines, though, arcade machines, I didn't usually spend money on one machine. I would actually sample everything. So, the one uh, arcade that I would always go to was Casino Pier. If you're familiar with Seaside Heights, it's one of the bigger ones. It also has the, the very old uh, carousel there. Um... So they, I would play Lucky and Wild. Remember that one? I would play uh, one of my favorite arcade games that no one ever talks about, um, Sly Spy. Love that game. Um, and then I would put a dollar into the Dirty Harry pinball machine, which I love that they had there. Oh, Dirty Harry is awesome with the, the, the oh, Magnum. God, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind buying that one, actually. That one's gone uh, up in price a lot. They all have because everyone's hoarding fucking pinball machines for somehow... Where do they have room for that? I barely have room for games. In the whole- <laughs> How do you hoard 35 pinball machines? What do you own? A mansion? Anyway, um, so I would I would try to spread the money around, spread the love around. I I, I remember playing Soul Calibur. Uh, Casino Pier had the Soul Calibur on the big screen. You know, like the that- Calibur or Edge. Calibur. Uh-huh. They had. We're talking, yeah, mid 90s. They had it on the big. Mid 90s would be Edge. Whatever. I remember playing both then, but I would play that for a few times and, and win a few and lose it and Killer Instinct. You- You'd play a few, so that's why I like to like to, I like to spread the love. But Sly Spy, I always like playing Sly Spy and beating that. I, I, that's I, gonna make video game years. Whenever that came out, ninety two. I've never even heard of that. You uh, never heard of Sly, Sly Spy? No, I, I haven't. Really? Data East, different play modes. Check it out. It's basically a ripoff of, of James Bond. You're on a motorcycle one. You're going underwater. It's like a little thirteen kind of, kind right. of, but not really. Right. I'll look into it. Sly Spy. Sly Spy. All right. well, at least you heard of Lucky and Wild. If you didn't hear Lucky and Wild, no, you would have lost play, all crit. I, I used to play Lucky and Wild all the time. I loved that game. I always thought that it should be 50 cents for the one and a quarter for the one person to shooting. It was, uh, I, I think it was my buddy Lincoln pointed out, uh, it was available on Craigslist recently. What? Yeah. And he was, oh, I, I think it was Lincoln, because uh, he was like, I don't know. He's like, I want this. He's like, but I can't. How do I? We're fitting that in your living room. How do I just? Lucky. <laughs> We're going to squeeze that into your front door, Lucky and Wild. Yeah. All right. Um, getting to the end. Two here. more questions. John Trenbeath, I think I got that right. Crazy John T. Uh, what's the better series? Castlevania one through three, Mega Man one through three, or Ninja Gaiden one through three? And I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I think Pat and I are gonna agree on this. And so one, two, three at the same time. Castlevania. Castlevania. Okay. Um, why? Uh, less. 
less reliance on memorization, more reliance on reaction. There's a lot of patterns in Castlevania, um, but you know, it's it's uh, I mean, it's frustrating. All 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 of these game series are hard and very difficult, but there's just way less on the memorization. Uh, the respawn isn't insane like Ninja Gaiden. Um, I just and, and and personally, I like the theme of the Castlevania games better too. It's a cooler theme. I think I love Ninja Gaiden's theme just in terms of, I mean, you're a modern day ninja. I mean, now ninja is almost like a cliche. Back then, it wasn't as much really in the late 80s. Um, late 80s, early 90s was okay, the heyday of ninja. They had American Ninja, I understand that. But in terms of video games, that was the first big ninja game that came out that was replicated by all the other ninja games. You know, But um, here's something that I think you overlooked that I'm surprised you did. Is that the Castlevania games are, are all different? varied and yes. different. Oh, no. yeah, and how they are, and how they the gameplay is, especially uh, Castlevania Two versus One. The first one is straightforward. The second one is an I adventure mean, game. Is, is, is an adventure game with, that's that's fairly open. And then the third one goes back to a mixture kind of of the first two. But where, they add elements where, where there's where it's level based, but you can you can, there's branching paths. And there's multiple characters that you can yes. be. So, I don't know, just bang for your buck in terms of broad variety, in terms of what you get. I feel like the first three Castlevania games show you a lot more than Mega Man 1 through 3 and Ninja Gaiden 1 through yeah. 3. I, unlike Pat, do like the first uh, the Mega Man games, and I especially like Mega Man 1 through 3. Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2, I like. I think Ninja Gaiden 3 is a piece of shit. Well, here's the thing. I, 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 I joke the Mega Man series, obviously it's, it's a quality series. Obviously, though, it's a lazy fucking series that they remade the same game six times. <laughs> That's the problem. If I didn't, if Mega Man stopped at three, I probably wouldn't have an issue. They did the same game three times. They barely added anything each time. That's fine. Sure. But they had to keep going, and we did that first marathon. I know it was three in the morning, but once I got to Mega Man four, you couldn't, you couldn't put a gun to my head and and tell me what's the difference between Mega Man four, five, and six. I'd have no idea, having not played it before. I'd have no idea what the difference is. The, the, the only know. real evolution you get in in the Mega Mans on the Nintendo are the charge shot, the slide, and uh, yeah, rush. the dumb robot, yeah, and dog. That's and, it. and I mean, is that enough to justify six games right, in the series? Right. When, when you're talking six, six games, games in the series, and I think all of those were introduced by the third game. Yes, yeah, I mean you're not. You're not looking. Oh, we at got it. we got you a slide. We got you a charge shot. We got you a dog that you can bounce off of. You okay. can do other things. You can fly a little bit. Platform on him. I know a little about Mega Man. He's a man's best friend. I'm gonna beat the first one. The next marathon. Yeah. I, beat, I beat half. Did I, did I beat most of it? The first. Yeah. I beat like three or four levels in the last marathon. I think. I don't know. I think you're delusional. Actually, I was delusional. <laughs> I think you're delusional. But it's just, that. here's the thing. I, I love Ninja Gaiden. I love the first Ninja Gaiden game. If the second and third game didn't exist, I wouldn't care. The story... I, I never go and play the second and third no, game. I really don't. That's how I feel, too. I mean, the first Ninja Gaiden, I love the art style. The the weird, like, design of the enemies and all that. Like, the... Uh, it, it's fantastic. I, but the second one is okay... The third one, I just didn't like how they changed the gameplay up. Now, I mean, we're praising one series for changing up the gameplay, and, and, and I'm trashing this one well, for doing it, but they just it's because they didn't do it well. I, I didn't like the change. Well, they just the made it three. difficult. Well, they so, made it really difficult. They took away the isometric view. Not that it mattered. You couldn't ever go in and out. But it was a bit more, if I remember correctly, a bit more free. Ro- it was just ridiculous. It was a bit more free roaming. It wasn't quite as straightforward or snappy. 
I think they even realized it technically, like, yeah, we're done if it's this third one. Yeah. The second one that was called, the second one came out and never got a lot of, a lot of buzz because, oh, you can have clone guys jumping with you. Those are fun. Other than that, though, that's really what all they added. It's Ninja Gaiden 1 with clones. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they made that one a little bit, I think, I remember if that one was as hard or a little bit harder. I, I don't think I ever beat the second one. I probably never beat the second one. I probably got far never beat it. I beat the first one. There's something to be said for that. But anyway, so yeah. Mega Man, sorry, you lose just because you're the same game recycled over and over again versus uh, Castlevania that had a really awesome theme to it. Um, and yeah, they, they tried. People give Castlevania two shit, but they went out on a limb. The same way Zelda 2 went out on a limb, they did something different. It's like, would you want to see the same movie over and over again or have one a little bit different and try something different? I freaking adore Castlevania 2, uh, warts and all. all right. Last question from Victor F. Leao. At Victor underscore FL. At Pixelsicle. Me. Are you guys still taking on questions? I'd like to know why and how Pat is so popular with the girls. I don't I don't know. What was, is this a fact I'm unaware of that I'm very popular or so popular with the girls? Am I? Uh, I guess you're very popular with the ladies. That's mostly the dimples. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, the, <laughs> it's the dimples. It's the party all around hairstyle. Should we, should we do a retro or a calendar? Video game years calendar. We'll do a calendar. <laughs> I already took those photos. <laughs> those are online for everyone to see. Unfortunately, I always thought about this. Not that I would qualify. I don't have the eight pack to do this, but it's the same thing where people get on quote unquote the gamer girl that it's a hot girl getting into being a gamer because they know they're going to get hits from guys. What if a guy, a hot guy, got into a woman's realm? Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to say something without sounding either sexist or out of touch. But what's something that guys usually don't do but women do? Scrapbooking? I don't know. You sound sexist and out of touch. We're, okay. This is, we're not going anywhere. So say, say a hot guy got into scrapbooking on YouTube, <sighs> and then would he get the same criticism for being a hot guy doing scrapbooking? I don't know. That's the question of the day. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know any guys who do scrapbooking? I contemplated it once. Did you really? Yeah. Of course you did. Well, I, I don't, of I, course you did. I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I like crafts. <laughs> That's why you think it's sexy. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy any of it, but I mean, like, when I walk into a Joanne Fabrics and I see all these, like, <laughs> buttons and beads and shit around, I'm like, this is neat. What can I do with it? And then I go, oh, fucking nothing, because I have no artistic talent. We need to do, we need to do a scrapbooking segment. We'll do a scrapbooking video series, Ian. So we covered a lot of ground tonight. This this was fun. Thanks everyone for coming out for this completely unnecessary podcast. We're gonna see you in two weeks. My hair will be longer. Ian's will be a lot more smoother than it is now. Actually, it's pretty smooth. It's it's nicely quaffed this this week. I like the part. We'll be signing off, guys. This will be up by the time you hear this. Parts will be on YouTube throughout the week. Ian's not saying anything. Good night. He, I love you. And he hasn't gone got up to take a piss yet, yet like he usually does. <laughs> So take care, everyone.